Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. As always, we are brought to be brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Uh, it's daytime. Usually, it's a little bit later, so I am wide awake for now uh, and feeling good. It's warm. It's not rainy. Marissa, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. It's warm this week. We're not crying about the weather, and uh, we're in one full month of staying home. Uh, as of today, so uh, I'm feeling good, adjusting. How about you, Chris? My pocket is fatter. <laughs> woke, woke up simulated today. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> nice. Uh, we are joined. We're going to be joined by a special guest uh, once she comes into our little virtual green room. But let's do some check-ins and uh, talk about what the latest goings-on are regarding San Diego Loyal. So why don't you take it, Alan? So I think the big thing, uh, we talked about it yesterday with uh, John Kemplin, is the Radies Children fundraiser that's going on right now with San Diego Loyal. Uh, it, used to, it was going to be a walk uh, for a uh, fundraiser for Radies Children's, but since we can't go outside and walk in a giant group, um, we will be um, fundraising in, as a kind of fake walk, if you will, but we'll be fundraising uh, kind of like um, some fundraisers that for walking, you can do the stay at home or sleep in uh, sponsorship. Uh, so there are three teams um, and they are competing against each other. Uh, so the three podcast hosts decided that we would pick teams and we would um, join a team to help fundraise. Uh, so there's coach uh, coach Landon Donovan's team is uh, team bum the dog. Uh, Carrie Taylor's team is team number one, and uh, the coach Nate Miller's team is team Nate Miller, uh, the most uh, thoughtful and creative, um, <laughs> thoughtful and creative team name. Uh, so I'm on team Nate Miller. Uh, Marissa, you yes. chose team Bum the Dog with Landon Donovan, and Chris. I chose team one, the only team one. Oh, with nice. us, Carrie Taylor, CT, the Carrie Taylor, uh, yes. and we are raising money. Um, we have tweeted out personal links as well as links to the general fundraiser. You can give to a specific team if you want to help that team win. Uh, some of us have set up pages ourselves, so if you want to donate to our page and help us beat uh, each other, that sounds weird. Raise more funds. <laughs> We're all other. doing it for the kids. We're doing yeah. it for the kids. It's a friendly competition for the kids. Us, but we we love each other, and we're doing it for the kids. So, yeah, Radies is a, a huge, important uh, hospital in San Diego, um, and I know that several players that we've interviewed, uh, Jack Metcalf, uh, John Kemben, have talked about how important that one uh, hospital is, or hospitals like it are to them personally as players. Uh, so, um, check out our Twitter feeds, uh, players will be doing giveaways. We'll be doing sweepstakes. Uh, John Kempen said he'll be giving away an autographed pair of, uh, West coast keeper gloves. 
Uh, and I'm sure some of the other players are going to be giving away like kits or uh, autographed mm-hmm. items. Uh, so check that out on the, in, uh, the Twitter machines, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm sure you're seeing it blowing up. Uh, I think their goal is 10,000 or 30,000 overall, and they are well on their way on the first couple days. So check that out. Support Rady's Children uh, and so help support through San Diego Loyal. Yes, and that I, we should mention it. It's done in place of the walk that they were supposed mm-hmm. to do on May 4th. And I don't know if you mentioned that, but yeah, so it's a way to help virtually um, during these uncertain times it's my favorite it's my favorite type of walking where i don't have to leave my house that's what i love i love i can help raise funds i did the pedal for the cure once with the padres and i was like i don't know if pedaling for the cure is my thing it's more like can i just sit on the couch and for the cure is that something i can do or pedal for the cause can i do that i can eat snacks for the cause i can definitely i got like weed thins right here i can just like I'll do a whole box. I'll do a whole box. I'll, do, I'll drink to champagne for the cure. You know, it's <laughs> <That's> my thing. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. Awesome. Nice. So um, outside of the radies thing, is there anything else big that we want to talk about for U.S. soccer? Or are we just going to not talk about that? <laughs> uh, that just got announced um, <laughs> that the development academies are effectively kind of shutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what the ramifications long-term are going to be for that. Uh, I know that's kind of a huge blow for some people. Um, I'm yeah. sure in the next couple of days, there's going to be tons of content about people writing about how it's a bad thing, but it could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of a, a kick to the gut when you talk about developing, uh, the youth and the systems, but maybe, uh, from the ashes will arise something that actually might be even better for the youth development in America. Um, so that's what Speaking we can hope of, for. Right. Speaking of rising from the ashes, uh, Phoenix, you know, that's called Phoenix has a development Academy. So maybe everyone will be just joining the Phoenix development Academy. And yeah. Tying it to teams, kind of the European model of youth teams mm-hmm. in like England, like Jack Metcalf talking about in the interview. Uh, so yeah. who knows? Who That's knows? what RSL did, right? I did that for a while. So yeah, yeah it might be interesting to see what happens. And I think there's a couple voids with MLS. Uh, there's a couple extra leagues like San Diego surf. We we're talking about before we went live is San Diego surf mm-hmm. um, has some uh, is involved in a development Academy, um, a competitive one. Uh, that that might you might see some teams moving over into that space. Uh, the um, ECNL, there's a boys and a girls uh, elite clubs national league. Uh, so we might see some more growth in that area. Teams moving on over, uh, like when leagues fold and teams jump um, from league to league, like FC Miami um, mm-hmm. or what Tampa Bay Rowdies jumped around a bit. Oakland Roots has jumped around and they're really new. So we might see some of that where these teams stay as a team, but move to a different league and stay solvent. So that's what I hope for too, because there's a lot of people who put a lot of time and energy and love and sweat and probably some blood and broken bones into these academies that we want to see their hard work, not just disappear, but definitely honor that work. Do you think that, do you think that stimulates a fan base to like have new beginnings for clubs that were for, you know, that were established before leagues are established before now there's this new league. We got to get into again, you know? So 
It might. And then you never know, there might be some opportunities to work on. I know pay for play is a huge deal. And maybe there's a way to work around that so that pay for play gets edited out of the rebirth of youth soccer, where teams are more invested in um, youth of development and putting some money in there. So these underserved communities who kids who can't afford to pay these fees to play Mm -hmm. sports can do it. Um, yeah. So that's my hope, too, is that these that more youth can get involved and especially underserved youth uh, that are are they are just as deserving um, and they just don't have the resources to get involved. It would be great to see some of those kids uh, get a chance. Yes, I agree. I think it needed the the structure wasn't there. At least we didn't see it once they got to the, the national level. So hopefully this is a good sign. It's it's kind of shocking, I think, because we're so used to it. But uh, I'm I'm all for change. So, yeah. So I want to um, segue into our guest this week, uh, Miss Christine Cupo. I think I said that right. I've never heard her talk. So hopefully, welcome to the show. Yay! Hi. I feel like I'm realizing that a lot of people are saying lately, "I've never heard you speak," and I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Everyone's already <laughs> formed. This idea yeah. of what I should sound like, and I'm going yeah. to disappoint everyone. No. <laughs> I have seen some of your videos, but I don't think you've ever like said, "Hi, I'm Christine Kupo." You know, so. <laughs> you know my last name, so thank you for not saying yes. that. But oh. my um, my grandfather used to overcorrect because people would get it wrong, so he'd say Kupo, which also is not right. It's Kupo. Okay. Yes, that's that's kind of like the debate between coupon or coupon. <laughs> oh right? God. I had never realized that, but thank yeah. you. That's permanently burned <laughs> into my brain. It's like coupon. That, that's the debate in my house. Like my wife says coupon, I say coupon, and she says coupon, and I go, what is that? What is a coupon? <laughs> so. I'm, I'm with you. Sorry. I'm with you. Awesome. Um, okay. Thank you for joining our show. Uh, we we are all on the West Coast. Well, Alan and I are on the West Coast. It's still daytime. And I hope the sun is still up over there in the east. We're uh, we're burning daylight right now on the east coast, but okay. um, we've just done. We're beyond our um, thank yous to the emergency workers. Oh, so right. We've already clapped, hitting the seven forty five hour right now. But yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. We uh, love to see your, you know, face. I, I, I personally wanted to have you on because of the, <laughs> the uh, it's a, it's a selfish reason, but mostly because of the video from last week where you were, um, you did like a compilation video with other fans of the game. So can you talk a little bit about how that came about? I mean, there was like, sure, sure, sure. So, um, I think I've been very lucky to make a lot of friends in other states and other fandoms and otherwise. Um, and a lot of them are actually female, which is wonderful. Um, because mm-hmm. I think that the misconception is that, you know, women do not get along with other women, which is totally untrue. Um, especially within the sports bubble. I think that we're very rabid allies for each other. Um, so that actually was born out of some friends in Atlanta, um, Atlanta United supporters. So um, Kelly Francis and company reached out um, and asked me if I'd be willing to participate. Um, really good friends with some Chicago folks. Um, we all got looped in um, and said, okay, you do your bit. And then, you know, 
we will graciously edit everything together, which I mean, shouts to Rachel who did that because I don't want that job. There were a lot of us and I'm sure that we were challenged. Um, we didn't really have any tight got like guidelines in approaching that. So um, as you can tell, everything was very different. Um, yeah. Not even like, Hey, the frame should be this size and you should be this close. So um, it was, it was a real uh, wild card, but um, yeah. we put it together. Um, but I, I liked that it showed some of the diversity and, mm-hmm. you know, across supporters, groups and otherwise. Yeah. And I think we mentioned this on last week's show, or I don't know where we were talking about it, but the backlash or not the backlash, but the one person that said, uh, was he Atlanta United, Atlanta United sur- player or something? He said like, oh, this is terrifying. So he was actually, I believe, I don't know if I'm misspeaking, but I think he's now a former DC United player um, that had made that bizarre comment. Um, And I tried to approach it from, okay, you know, why are you saying this? And, And I understand what you're saying, but I think it's 2020 and I'm more willing to educate people than to sort of pounce on them and be like, wait, what? And I really didn't want it to become this sort of feeding frenzy of, oh my gosh, you did this thing or you said this thing wrong because I think that too often that's the knee jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of understand like, you know, where are you coming from? But um, I think the end game there was he proved to understand that, you know, you don't make comments on, other people's physical appearance and their preferences. Um, Mm -hmm. And while he thought he was trying to give, granted, a very backhanded compliment from a good place and it was well-intended from what he thought, um, Mm -hmm. it was definitely a learning moment. Oh, yeah. I think, especially in sports, I see that a lot. People, I I, I see people just spewing things not necessarily understanding the impact. I think that um, it's very true. And I think that um, especially for, for female fans Mm -hmm. or even female players, I feel like you're constantly trying to um, sort of translate what your intentions are within the sport bubble. Um, And for each other, we make it a little bit easier to navigate, but it's not always understood by our male counterparts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and social media can definitely inflame or fan the flames of those arguments back and forth for sure. Um, I want to get kind of into like how you got involved in the local New York soccer scene, I guess. Um, sure. I know you play pickup and or you used to play pickup <laughs> hopefully soon i don't want to talk can. about it in the past tense yet okay it's okay, okay. okay okay um, so can you talk about yeah how you got involved sure. and how that sure. came about so i i didn't play through college which is a number one question that i get um i had to work my way through college to actually be able to go to college so um the second that I graduated, my first thought was, oh my God, I miss this thing so much. And I just want to go play. Um, I had recently moved to New York from New Jersey and I wasn't sure either one, how to make friends or how to find people that also wanted to do the things that I did. So um, I thought, you know, things that made me happy, you know, and I feel like sometimes we go through this self-assessment and we think like, what are the things that make me me? And what am I not doing now that I feel off? And I've played soccer since I was four. So I I really want to play. How do I find people to play with? Is this going to feel awkward? You know, like maybe I'm rusty and I'm just going to embarrass myself. So all the things that kind of 
force you to not want to do the things you love. Um, I just said, no, we're, we're, we're forging forward. Um, and I ended up searching Google, of course. I found meetup.com mm-hmm. and started isolating soccer groups in the city. And I started going down by just reasonable like oh who has the most um group members and who's the most consistent in scheduling meetups and things of that nature that I can just sort of get out there so the first step was overcoming my phobia of oh gosh new people you know and am I really going to just like start playing from from point zero again um knowing that I knew how I played but could I still play that way you know I I ultimately hadn't played in four years so um I decided to take the easy route and I saw this one group had scheduled a meetup to do a qualifier game viewing. And I said, all right, like, I'm okay with people. I'm pretty, pretty chill. I can charm my way into this group and maybe they can tell me that I'm trash player later. Um, but I'll go and show up and I'll play. I'll just like watch the game with them and see what they're like. Um, this was the first time I've ever done that in my life. You know, like prior to that, like you either played school teams or club teams or People were just organized for you. This was your thing, you know? Um, so I walked in there and the overall vibe was good. Um, they seemed like a, a pretty good gang of people and there were a lot of them and they also liked to party. So I said, all right. <laughs> the organizer um, at the time um, kind of convinced me that despite the next day's games can fall, that I should just show up, no big deal. Like, we'll, we'll make an exception. You know, you just come, just come play. Um and I showed up and I stayed showing up every single week. And it became um, more than just me showing up for soccer. It became my new group of friends. It became community. It became a place that I belonged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the, the guys that started it became one of my best friends. And I just sort of became this permanent fixture every Saturday, noon, like clockwork. Everybody knew that they'd see me. Um, and... Sometimes I was a soccer mom and, you know, it was a hot day and I'd show up with cases of ice pops because I am that person. Like I, (laughs) but there was also, you know, the times that I'd wake up at nine o'clock in the morning to go play with all these people. And we would play for two hours straight and we would be disgusting and sweaty. And I don't look like this when I'm playing, I'm just going to give you that little hint. Um, But we would transition directly from field to brunch and there would be, you know, 15, 20 of us going to brunch and Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of the day would lead on that way. And I'd find myself more often than I'd like to admit it at this point in my soccer clothes at 3am at a bar. And I never, ever made it (laughs) because um, the thing is that you became so deeply um, rooted in those, in those people and those friends Mm -hmm. that, um, it was an emotional investment too. So yeah. um, from there, I started organizing every week because everybody knew, hey, you know, she'll be there and, and she'll, she never misses soccer, which is still true to this day. The long running joke is like, I get like calls and texts, like on the doctor on call. They're like, you got your roots. Can you come play at seven? And then I'll get another text. It's like, you're available at nine in Brooklyn. And I'm like, literally logistically trying to figure out how I get from Chelsea to to Brooklyn Bridge Park between two hours and then playing straight through. Um, and I've done it. Um, so from that, I just sort of, I made great friends and it just kept me coming back. And then from there, you know, can we get you to commit to organize this and sort of field manage when the leagues were born? Um, and so I do that, which is an interesting journey because there's co-ed leagues, which is fine. And then there's the men's leagues. 
and the men need a babysitter. So sometimes that would be me because I need to bring a fight. I find that sometimes, you know, men don't always listen to reason or each other, but they will listen to me shaming and screaming at them across the field to break it up. Um, But there have been times when I've I've gone deep in there and had to duck a few punches. Um, It it gets wild for no reason. Whom amongst us is going pro at this point? Point yourselves out. Right. that's but, awesome you know, tensions run high. so that's kind of how that trajectory took off and, and I've been doing it now for over 10 years that's awesome so you were doing that when I was living there I was living there seven years ago so oh. darn it that's okay I'm next time the night yeah <laughs> we probably were at the same bar in Brooklyn at 3 a.m because I went to happy hour and I did I laughed when you said that because I would go to happy hour and then somehow wake up in Brooklyn at like on Saturday morning and go to brunch again because I'm oh, like, girl, I, I had hours on you. The mimosa started at brunch and it just powered through. There were, it was, I can't do that anymore physically. I can just yes. handle opening a bottle of wine, which today was the second bottle in 35 days I've opened while in quarantine. Um, I've been trying to keep it together here. Yes. Well, well, we're glad that you're here and I'm glad that you, you, we have drank your share of liquor since we've been in a month long. You're in day, what, 35, you said? 35, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you self-quarantined before New York State did, right? Or New York I City. I did. Yeah, I, sadly, um, I played, I was playing pretty consistently almost every single day. And I remember going to Brooklyn Bridge Park, Brooklyn Bridge Park the night before I decided I have to stop going like this is actually real um but that was mostly due to some insight from close friends whose parents are actually doctors elsewhere that were kind of giving guidance and saying like this this is not good um and i realized the just the population and the density and Mm -hmm. the fact that nothing is really your space other than your immediate apartment you know the second that i leave this door you know it's hallway it's it's railings it's the front door it's the outside it's a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of other people that live in my building so Mm -hmm. um didn't want to chance it. And I knew that um, my family is in New Jersey. My parents are a bit older. My stepdad is immunocompromised because he's an organ transplant recipient. Um, so that wasn't even going to be an option. Um, so I said, I need to start figuring out everything. I did my last food shop, the big one, um, before everybody hit all the stores, just because I had some gleaning of insight um, ahead of the game. But that didn't mean that I was immune to the great toilet paper and paper towel shortage of 2020. Yes. Um, I had paper towel, but no, uh, no, sorry. I had toilet paper, but no paper towel. So I was hunting for weeks and I was like, this is crazy. I never thought yeah. that this stupid thing would be so vital to my existence, but here we are. Yeah. And are you fully stocked now with paper towels and toilet paper? Are you good? Oh yeah. I've got, I've got the, wait for it. I've got the 18 pack of toilet paper. That's the double roll. So it's like 36. Yes. Yes. And then I have the, <laughs> the illustrious um, eight pack of paper towels. So. Nice. Okay, so you're set. Um, switching it a little bit, before, you know, from the quarantine talk, and um, you know, you've stuck in, you're stuck at the house, really, or at your house, and you get to play with your beautiful dog that we see all the time on Twitter. Gigi. Yeah, she's taking a nap now. She decided that the spotlight was too much for her and she needed to take a rest. So she's in repose. 
Okay. Well, maybe she'll wake up and make an appearance or something. You'll, but... you'll be sure to know. She'll definitely jump on. <laughs> are you, what, what are you consuming right now in terms of content? Like while you're like at home and, and not doing the things you normally do and going to brunch? So in truth, I think that that has changed significantly over the last four weeks. Um, Early, I'm not really a TV watcher by any means. So you're never going to catch me like, oh, I need to get to, the, the show is on at this hour. Um, I was a cord cutter from years back. Um, I have just about every streaming service though. So for me, I guess it's just a matter of impatience and like what I want to watch when I want to watch, how I want to watch. So um, I've never really gotten too committed to any shows. Um, they're far and few between, but early on I realized, okay. As sports started to dwindle, which is mostly all that I watch, um, it was time to pivot back to usual streaming services. So um, Ozark dropping the third season, fourth season, whatever the latest season is, um, was a godsend um, because that show I had actually binged accidentally. Um, Season one and two, um, I guess last year maybe I stumbled upon it and realized oh this is so good mm-hmm. and I deeply regretted that because I wanted to be able to watch it in chunks like I have this issue where I find one show that I love and I want to grip tight to it and then there's not enough of it okay so I need all of it I, I refuse I just so when I saw that that was coming out um I hit that hard I'm not gonna lie um yeah it was basically like me watching that so my eyeballs bled and then I was like can I have some more yeah. Um, so I did I hit that circuit um I got the Netflix alert the morning I think maybe it was like 5 a.m that uh Sunderland Till I Die's new season hit and I was like Ooh. Yeah. Okay, like I'll take that quite frankly the first season um I think for all of us was like "Ooh, let's watch this train wreck this is a mess you know um and then you know the next season subsequently was like, you're actually emotionally invested in this team. How dare you? Like, um, I'm like, Oh, the cook. No, like, how dare you fire Sophie? Like the music was playing in the background. I laugh of, um, one of my Instagram stories and a few of my friends had been like, are you, you're still watching that. And I was like, time out. I started over. I watched the first season and then the second season together like a normal person should. <laughs> so, um, I, honestly, I think I was just filling my time at that point. Um, but I think that's mostly what I've done in terms of TV. Otherwise, I feel like, um, so in October of this year, um, I ended up leaving my job. I was working in financial services, doing marketing strategy, et cetera. Um, and I was like, hey, now might be a good time to try freelancing. So, of course, now all possibilities of work have essentially vanished for a lot of people, myself included. Um, so if anybody needs a marketer, you know, call me. Um, but, we can talk marketing, girl. Yeah, but, um, I, I basically realized if I'm going to get through this period of self-quarantine by myself and my dog and my cat, um, but again, that's no substitute for my friends, my family, my loved ones, the people that I desperately want to hug at this point, Um, I need to figure out how to fill my time better. And that's not just going to be watching TV. So, I mean, granted, like, yes, I have unabashedly TikToked and um, just did some random fun things. And I I think I realized that some of it for me is testing, like, how much of the imagination that I had as a kid 
have I managed to not murder at this point, you know, as an adult? <laughs> so it worked in like white collar America for this long yeah. time, right? Everything is very buttoned up. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really ever had the opportunity to just be me and be fun and do the things that I enjoyed doing. So I've kind of used a lot of this time that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of to engage with, you know, other soccer people, like, why not? You know, how, when am I ever going to get this time again? Right. Mm-hmm. Like realistically, if things play out the way I anticipate they will for a prolonged period, like I'm going to end up back at one of big four, um, in my pencil skirt. And I'm not going to be able to TikTok at my liberty because somebody's going to say, Oh, is that you? And I'm going to go. Yeah. Right. Um, So I feel like I'm just kind of trying to make the best of it and have a good time where I can. Um, Yeah. I think that, yeah, that was one of the, I saw some article uh, this week, I think, and we have, and I was talking about it, I think, last night on a different podcast. Like, we have an opportunity to, like, wipe the slate clean of everything that was in our lives uh, that maybe didn't serve us or whatever. And now just kind of bloom something else. Like, plant the seeds in in areas that maybe we never did because of fear or something like that. And that, I think, is the the good part of this, if there is a good part. Um, no, I, I mean, agree. I, I'm hesitant to to jump on board of the whole, and I think it's just my resistance to sort of just labeling of the whole Om Shanti Shanti, everything is great and love is light and whatever. Um, but I think that in truth, um, a lot of it is just realizing that, you know, all good things, all bad things, they end, right? Like, mm-hmm. So appreciate what you have and make the best mm-hmm. of the things that you don't necessarily want to be in. Like we have no control over those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've done a pretty good job of that. Like I joke with some of my friends because I get a lot of texts lately that are, you know, how are you, you know, staying up and staying positive right now? And they're like, you seem fine. Like, is it just, you know, right now or in these snippets or while you're making an Instagram story or while you're TikToking or while you're tweeting away, you know, and for the most part, I think that I hit, I sort of hit my hump around week two. Um, and I think I had a really, really hard day where I had the realization and it was probably too big for me to manage that day that this isn't just something that's going to go away right away. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm going to be able to see any of my friends or family again and be able to hug them or see them. And I think that was really hard. And I had a day where I was inconsolable. Um, Mm -hmm. I called home like I was a small child. And my mom was certainly probably more uh, alarmed than she had been in the past, only because she knows what I'm like as a person. And most people would say, like, you know, I'm kind of like an M&M, like I'm tough outer shell, but, you know, pure goo in the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. But I usually can take everything in stride. So Mm -hmm. I think that her sort of seeing that I was struggling was... Um, probably more upsetting for her than me. And I had that one really, really bad day. And from that point forward, I kind of just bounced back. Um, yeah. And I realized this isn't so bad, right? Like if you are essentially by yourself and you can't sort of figure out what things you like or where you want to improve or how to entertain yourself, like you kind of have to be fundamentally a really boring person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I'd have a I'd have a much harder time dealing with that right now than say like, oh, me being a little bit selfless and staying away from people that I love because I think it would make me. Yeah, no, I, I can, 
I talk about this all the time with people. Like there's times where you can either just sit and be still or you can do something different. And um, I, I want to kind of talk about, um, and I think uh, we, we were talking about this before you came on the show is, you know, you're a fan of multiple teams and uh, I, <laughs> I want to know what you're like, you're enlightening the mood a little bit about, you know, how you and I got connected through soccer and being a fan. Um, obviously, we don't live in the same town, but what is kind of, can you talk to us a little bit about your best experience as a fan, like of games you've been to or like, you know, as a fan of the game? Um, in terms of games I've been to that were just sort of like an indelible imprint in my life, I think it was the Women's World Cup in, what was it, 2015? Um, in Vancouver. Um, it was just the overall, the energy, um, I think I was so overwhelmed by just the number of people that were actually there um, between like the really flashy, like the face paintings and, um, Mm -hmm. and everything else. And American outlaws were out there in numbers. And it was just, it's awake. Hello, my love. Did you come to say hi? Yeah. (laughs) Hi, Gigi. What am I doing, buddy? What am I doing? She's like, oh God, please don't embarrass me. Um, <laughs> but I think in terms of just, um, I don't know, it was a different feeling because I think back in like 2015, women's sports especially, and that's not to say that it's not that way still now, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, didn't seem as valued. And and obviously like the, the lawsuit was just illuminating um, the language alone. Um, but just seeing how many people were out there um, for the U.S. women's team, who have been consistently talented and impre- talent- talented and impressive, um, and then I was supposed to go to France, um, and one of my best friends decided to get married right in the middle of my um, yeah. I bought the semifinals and final package, which was, and then um, she decided to get married right in smack in the middle of that. And uh, it was a, a no-go. I was actually trying to figure out down to the wire how I could possibly get myself um, to Lyon um, and sell off the beginning tickets and just say, like, maybe I can just get to the final. And then by the time I um, sort of finagled my way out of selling the first batch of tickets um, and saying, like, if I can go to the final, I'll go to the final, um, airfare was astronomical. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well that I mean I haven't I've been to Vancouver but I didn't go to the Women's World Cup I guess I wasn't a fan as much as I was for the men's team at the time but hopefully the next World Women's World Cup will be able to all go yeah. to all of us because Alan has a and same similar experience I guess following the game at the national level he went to his first live match as a women's soccer match right Alan yeah, my first yeah, my first like in-person live soccer match was the women's national team playing Brazil in town. Uh, oh. So that was uh, it was so entertaining. It was so eye-opening to walk into a sporting event that just felt different than any other sporting event I've gone to, and not like it was to see like I teach middle school and I teach music, and so I tried to like show people representation of themselves in the music we play and the people we choose. So it was really nice to see like 
the age group that I teach, these girls going to a sporting event and seeing these these women on the field play just beautiful soccer. And it was amazing. And they came back and Rapino scored like right in front of us. And I was going nuts. And I was like, I love this. This is something I need to get into. Um, I've seen written down and some ideas that when sports come back, we should bring women's sports back first to shine a like highlight uh, both, you know, w- w- whether we're talking about national teams or we're talking about NWSL or NW, uh, uh, the NWA, NWBA, whatever. WNBA. WNBA. <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord. Acronyms are hard at this point. Right? So, like, is that something that it would be, do you think that the sporting landscape would support that? Is that something that you think that we should do? Like, let's highlight some of these uh, women athletes who typically get like way less coverage, even than like lower, le- lower tier men's sports. So my overall opinion is that we do a great disservice to women's sports in general. Um, and we discount them greatly. Um, we don't give them half the number of chances that men's sports have gotten to thrive, especially on broadcasts. Um, but I really and truly loved the momentum of uh, NWSL recently and also the added coverage. Um, And I especially appreciate um, the journalists who always covered NWSL. Um, That's not to say that I don't appreciate all of the coverage because I think it's great, right, that people are starting to migrate that way. But I think that an extra layer of appreciation is owed to those people that were always there and that didn't just sort of emerge now that people are seeing the opportunity present, right? Um, And I think that this season, and and I'm hoping, granted, I know that MLS just made the um, announcement that they're pushing to June, um, which to me is not surprising. Um, I I don't have the most optimistic outlook on when we'll see sports again, um, nor when I'll see the outside of my apartment again at leisure. Um, But I think that I'm really, really hoping that a lot of the momentum, especially for me, so I'm a Sky Blue supporter um, in NWSL, and they have done a total 180. Um, All of the energy, passion, and just support that's been thrown behind them by their management and and just everyone that supports them as a team um, has been amazing like brings a tear to my eye beautiful um and i'm hoping that once we sort of lift all of these um you know sanctions essentially on us being able to attend play and otherwise engage with sports um that thrives um i I hate to see the momentum die just based on this and granted that's not to diminish just this right like this is a, a huge global issue right now um but by all means, like any way that we can prop up women's sports, whether that be the U.S. women's national team or NWSL, um, if you want to let the the ponies out of the gate first and it's not going to impact them in any way um, on their health or their supporters' health or otherwise, I don't don't want it to come across like I'm saying, like, hey, use them as guinea pigs and see how we can do. Um, But if it's proven to be safe, by all means, like get them out there. Um, I would love to see that. I think that you would probably see, um, uh, we joke, right? Like the Belarusian league has been playing. We're saying, oh, you know, like 
diehard fans, lifelong, you know, like I just found out about the teams like a week ago, Um, (laughs) but um, they're capitalizing on what they could. Right. And essentially from a business perspective, why wouldn't you do that? Um, As long as it's safe. Right. Right. Like I I think that a lot of things were mishandled in my opinion um, from just the way that the league sort of were diminished into suspended status um, with obviously like premier league class ish last ish um bundesliga was holding out but i think that a lot of the we can do this in closed stadiums was was really detrimental in the long run because it proved to be a totally wrong opinion um Mm -hmm. and so as long as it's safe and everyone's deemed okay and cleared i would love to see the amplification of of the women's teams because I think sure. if if ESPN can play can show one on one Rocket League on ESPN three, like we can we can figure out how to amplify those voices that need amplification. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? We're, we're hitting all of the nostalgia sweet spots now, right? right? Like I I myself am guilty, and it's not a bad thing, right? Like I I need to fill voids in places, and I'd like to find joy. But today I watched MLS Classics um, remix, and I mean full disclosure my first game that I ever attended probably wasn't until maybe 2009. So like a 2004 game I never saw. Mm-hmm. Um, this is new. I'm like, don't tell me, don't, don't ruin it. Like I need to know how the playoff works out. Like um, grasping at straws, but um, they're good straws. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm watching all the Arsenal reloaded. <laughs> stuff because I was only a fan for like six years now five and a half years so yeah. it's like oh hybrid I wasn't, I wasn't too far ahead of you um yeah. I I really started to appreciate Arsenal because of Terry Henry yeah and his first stint at Juve and I said mm-hmm. hmm and up until probably a few years back I used to say uh if if I had if I had a Premier League team it's Arsenal Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt like the judgment from people would be like, oh, oh, you got more than one team. What's what's going on there? So yeah, and especially as a woman, because everybody wants to check you. I'm oh like, yeah. Oh, are we going to run down the usual quiz? Because mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm going to destroy <laughs> you. You're not going to feel good about that. I'll do I, it. I'll entertain it for a little bit. Yeah, I think you're definitely an Arsenal fan. You did get mentioned by Hector Bellerin yesterday. So I laughed so hard at that because <laughs> I did tag him, but I didn't expect for him to, I, I was like, let's see if he sees it. Quite frankly, to me, it's hysterical. Let's see if he's entertained by it. I wasn't expecting him to re- to respond and be like, okay, you win. And I'm like, oh, everyone, please circle about. I'm about to get some title of nobility bestowed upon me. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is yet, but um Little things like that in, in quarantine are like high five. Yes. Right, right. Is, um, your, is your dog also judging you for being home all the time like mine are? I think mine sit and stare at me <laughs> and like, why are you still here? So I think that, so I was working a lot from home prior to uh, quarantine. And I think she's gotten used to it. But the other part is I'm way more active than she is. So, yes, she's a Husky, and everybody right away is like, a Husky in New York. Like, how are you? And I'm like, oh, God, people, please. Um, I usually have her with me all the time. So I'm trying to run. She's not as much of a fan of runner as running as you'd expect. 
Um, I would like her to get off her like fart lick workouts because she just wants to sprint and then stop. Um, I'm like, we need to get a consistent pace working here, Gigi. But um, she sleeps a lot too. So I bring her home, she crashes. Um, I think what will be different is there used to be more periods of time when I was away from her and now she's with me 24 seven. So if I leave the apartment, she's with me. Um, she's going to have a rough time reacclimating to like, you know, Oh, I'm going to leave you for a few hours, which may lead to her destroying parts of my apartment because regressing to puppy stages is likely. She's just had a year and eight months. So, um, she managed to chew exactly one chair from West Elm a month after I got it. And that was the last time she chewed a thing. So I might actually be making toothpicks out of that chair if I go back to work. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I had a dog once that ate a DVD case, ate a baseball cover off of a baseball, like separation anxiety, like no one's business. So yeah. I feel your pain on that. She was a foster or she, she, he, she, she foster fail. Uh-huh. Huge foster fail. That's yeah. cute. You know who she's named after, right, Alan and Chris? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Do you not know? Yeah, you don't know. Forty, 40 something year old keeper, former. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Former UVA keeper. <laughs> the greatest goalkeeper of all time. <laughs> I will accept no other title. Okay. The, the the fact that he played on an elite level at that age is amazing. He's still like, playing. Yeah, yeah. He's like maybe not as first string as he previously was, but he's still playing. Like I walk out to my mailbox and back and I'm like winded. The fact that he's playing (laughs) keeper at a professional level is beyond me. So big ups to him. Uh, Chris, you had some, you had some food questions, which are very important. Yes. That's right. You know, you were, you were talking earlier about uh, your, your emotions, maybe getting the best of you. And I, I know during that time, you know, that's usually when we like to, hit the kitchen and find the noms. So I'm just wondering uh, what quarantine recipes that you have during this time. I'd, I'd love to load up my quiver and shoot a couple arrows. In it. Okay. So I was always a, a cook, more so a baker before this. So um, I'm known to make large quantities of cookies and baked goods. First and foremost, I also do cook. I, I like to make pasta and things like that from scratch. Um, but I feel like I have given out probably like my brown butter chocolate chip cookie recipe 4 million times during this quarantine because everybody else suddenly wants oh, to. Wow. Um, so right now I'm, I'm up to things that I've made. I've made stew. I've made banana bread because everyone's bought bananas at this point and said, Ooh, but I didn't just make a regular banana bread. I decided to have my own test kitchen banana bread. So it was, uh, essentially a cream cheese stuffed banana bread with a crumb top. What's um, it came out pretty good. Um, and then I've made uh brown butter chocolate chip toffee cookies, I've made um stew, I've made homemade pasta, I've made lasagna from scratch. Um, what else have I made? I've been cooking a lot, and quite frankly, I don't have a dishwasher and I've never been more annoyed in my entire life. Um if we get a break in quarantine, I'm getting married just so I have a dishwasher. Like I'm <laughs> that's it. I've had enough. Um, I could if you're food. making all that, I'll, I'll wash your dishes. I'm just, <laughs> okay. just saying. All right. All right. I got this. I got this unlock. I just hate washing dishes and um, I might need some, some chopping work. How are you with knives? Hey, you know what? I'm pretty good with knives. Okay. Perfect. We're good. <laughs> I've found a partner here. We're good. There it is. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting those recipes because you can't, you just brought up all this good stuff. It sounds great. 
I've been cooking, you know, I've been making stuff for the first time. I'm definitely trying to stick to, stick to some recipes where I don't uh, burn myself or anything crazy. Are you a novice chef here or are we, are we heading into intermediate phase? Oh, well, you know, I mean, like, so a couple weeks ago or what was it, last week? Uh, it was, yeah, it was I know, we time had a, is a construct. Just go with it's it. It's crazy. Well, we had Alexis on from, from uh, Cooligans. And so... Uh, I, I love Alexis. I and so I, so I was telling him because at the top of the show I said all my black shirts smell like steak because I, <laughs> because I basically you know was like it was like two in the morning or so and I was like you know I can't sleep, I think I'm going to make the world's perfect steak indoors and so I looked up a recipe and you know it called for putting it on the rack for 20 minutes in the oven and then pan searing it on a very high temperature and I used avocado oil you know I knew for the high press. Okay. And so, uh, you know, the first steak was a bit heavier than the rest of the steaks. So those tongs kind of dropped that steak down nice and heavy. And this <laughs> avocado oil just went right on my stomach. And I was like, damn, that's the last time I'm cooking without a shirt on. So it was just like avocado a burn. Avocado oil is a little tricky. It is. <laughs> so it was like a burn. And it was like the next day, it was like one of those blown up, like looking. Uh, uh, what would you call those things, Alan? You know those inflatable, like Harito guys on the on Cashman Field. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just was, it just like went from like just what was like a little bit of a mark to like all of a sudden, boom, puffy, and then it exploded, and then it like then I guess it popped some some night when I was slept sleeping. It's like going through stages, but it's like this like banana shaped burn on my stomach. So it's kind of crazy. I know everyone was wondering about that. The update from last week's story. <laughs> but um, the, uh, I'm so sorry to your burn mark. That will be with you for life. But now it's your chef tattoo. So think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the steak was bomb. I mean, I made scavenger sandwiches. <laughs> Third or fourth degree burn, but that's steak. It it I'm stretched it stretched out a bit. You know, I made. Steak sandwiches. I threw a tomato on there, some cheese, so some some bacon I didn't use. Like it was good stuff. Nice. But yeah, I want those recipes because uh that sounds good. And I wanna I want to tantalize both Alan and Marissa, you know, as I'm eating all kinds of gourmet things from the Koopo Whichever kitchen. Whichever you want, I'm happy to send over. I will send right. you oh. okay. recipe, okay. and then you can flex on them and act like it was all you all along. I'm oh okay. yeah. Look at that, that COVIDian drip. <laughs> Oh like my Christine god! Kupo, I've been setting up. I got this right. I think you okay. need a cookbook, Christine. Yeah, um, I like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Every Maybe. day, every day, one of my friends is like, "You know what you should do? You should have a show for this." And then the next day, it's like, "You should do. You should write this. And you should have a cookbook." I'm like, guys, um, <laughs> we're about to be like Christine Cupo Industries. Who's on board? Right. You're all volunteering, right? Because I can't pay you. Yes. Yes. Well, well, now, well, now we're all creatives here, but think about this: like, your last name is Kupo, and how close you could turn that into De Cup, you know, De De Kupo. Like, you could make your own like soccer cup sort of Mm. analogy here. I have so many. It's funny. My one friend who keeps pressing me, she's actually hysterical, but she keeps telling me that I have to have when when quarantine is over, I have to have my own bachelorette bachelorette like show but it's soccer and she wants to form a team hmm. and people get like voted it. off as they would but instead of there being a rose the people that get kicked off actually get 
participation trophies. And I'm like, I hate you all so much. Like, I think you want to exploit me so hard, but also this is hysterical and I love you in the depths of my heart. Like, And if you could tie that into the open cup, that'd be perfect. (laughs) If I get the open cup, right? Like, I mean, what are we getting? Are we getting the open cup? Because like, I was ready to ride for Atlantic City. Like, that was like the closest like hometown. Like, let's do this. All right, so here's the question. ML, like every domestic league in the United States canceled, but we have the Open Cup or mm-hmm. we play MLS. Which would you choose? Yeah, like I like I like the I like the pups getting some some airtime in the, the US right? Open Cup. Because like right? the diversity, right? Like granted, like I know what I'm getting with MLS and I do love MLS for being MLS. Um but I feel like Sometimes you want like that extra underdog story and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, who who did what? To whom? Like, I feel like if we get the US Open Cup off the ground, like I would be, I'd be down for that. Like, let's bring that back before we get MLS back, if possible. Like I know that now we're looking at like a June timeline, but like why not? Right. If you can figure out a way to sort of jigsaw that and <clears throat> we've all been doing puzzles. So who who among us can't do that at this point into the schedule? Like, let's let's yeah. have it. Let's do it. It's already regionalized, so the teams right. are already within a s- small de- geographic area. And then you just kind of figure out once it gets to the final sixteen. If maybe you do like a um, uh, NCAA tournament where you have regions and all of the teams come to those regions. Look, we just yes. I'm here just, for that. Right? Why not? We just figured like, it out. Everything is silly at this point, so everything flies. Like there are right. no rules here anymore. Like whatever's going to give me the adrenaline rush I need, let's do it. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that. Um, speaking of rules, <laughs> I want to ask you, so you, so you have a lot of kits. I mean, I've seen tons of pictures with you <laughs> wearing different kits and whether you own them or you borrow them, whatever. Um, what's the one kit that you don't have that you wish you could break your quarantine rule and go okay. get it? So yeah, I do have a lot of kits. A lot of those are gifted to me and I love everyone that's given this to me. Most of them are friends. Um, and I almost never wear them. So quarantine has been the best time for me to start wearing them essentially. Like I haven't even gotten through half of them. I still have like Peru. I have a Brazil national team Jersey. Like it's, I don't know why I don't wear them more, but I guess maybe that's what quarantine is giving me more of an appreciation of. But, um, I think that if I could legit get my hands on like the OG bruised banana kit, that's one I don't uh, have and I want. Yes. Yes. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Oh, they didn't even have them in the, in the store when I was there. So I don't know I where feel like I have to hit like, like classic shirts or something for like mm-hmm. the throwback. Like I want like the original one I have, um, obviously, um, the one throwback, uh, arsenal kit. And I have, um, an old righty blue kit that, that is awesome. But I want, I want the bruised banana kit. Yeah, I have a bruised banana beanie that's as close as, as you can get to the bruised Yeah, banana. I mean, like, a close second would be, like, you know, the the newest bruised banana uh, remix kit, but I want, yeah. I want the old one. The OG one. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you. We love talking soccer with you, women in sports. Um, is there anything right now that you're working on that you want to talk about, something that you're passionate about outside of what we've already uh, covered? 
Um, no, no, I don't, I don't really have anything in the works right now. Um, obviously I'm looking for work, but that's about it. Um, any myriad of things like obviously soccer things I love. So if I can throw my energy and expertise behind that, I would love to. Um, but otherwise I'm just really focusing on, um, kind of keeping spirits high and keeping my imagination alive and some of that creativity flowing. Um, it's kind of bizarre to sort of discover, like knowing that I'm this hybrid, um, heavily analytical and also creative person, how much creativity I actually do have. Um, and it's, it's coming to light under these conditions. And I don't even know how to make sense of that. I'm just like, you know, I've known, I've always been creative. I draw, I paint, I write, um, but not anything that I do, um, for sort of like a work sphere or bubble, you know? So now I'm just sort of like, huh, who knew I had that in me? Um, I've kind of just been surprising myself every day and just saying like, you know, play it how you feel it. And I feel like that's, that's kind of been me for Mm -hmm. the entirety of quarantine thus far. I'm just trying to keep that energy kind of going. Yeah, I think a lot of us are discovering what we had in us that we never really put time and energy into. Yeah. And it's become like a, a very big, like, if you weren't afraid, what would you do moment? If that makes any right. sense, right? right? Cause right. I'm kind of like, hey, like, if, if this is all the time that I have, what would I use it for? And I hope I've used it well, you know, like, granted, some of it's just been me being an idiot on the internet, but um, <laughs> I think it's, it's been productive in that. I've managed to keep myself happy and whomever also is willing to engage with my idiocy um, has definitely been laughing. Yes. You know, I was thinking about something you guys just said. You said you guys are discovering things that are within you. And uh, meanwhile, me and Alan, we're thinking about things that we'd like to put inside of ourselves. <laughs> you're like, yo, what can I eat, bro? Yeah. You're like, hmm, wow. I didn't know I could make that. I'm going to make that and eat it. <laughs> Also, like, tell me there isn't a little bit of you that feels like it's rewarding to have made something that you think is good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, it's. I feel like it's the most simple point, right? Like, you're like, hey, I did this. And yeah. not to get back to, like, a, ooh, man-made fire point, but essentially that's what it is, right? Like, <laughs> the things that you didn't know you could do and you do them well, even if it's a challenge, are are sort of big wins right now. Right. Yeah, the brown butter toffee chocolate chip. So that's good. a lot of that's a lot of words. I'm like, man, okay. I promise you they're amazing. And I've given that recipe out, I think, four times in the last two weeks. And nice. at least two of those people have been people that are not bakers that haven't really done much of anything that they've nailed it. I'm gonna get awesome. this with my stimulus check. I'm gonna find this like this cup, like soccer like, but it'll be glassware maybe. <laughs> and I'm gonna make everything that you've you've given me, and I'm gonna, it's literally gonna be like coupe de cup, like like a, a, a whatever the seeds. It's gonna be some sort of snack thing, right? But it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I'm here for it. I really That's am. It. Love it. We had a special guest. My husband came in. Uh, he's about to go walk the dog. So I appreciated the wave. Okay. <laughs> yeah. like, if I can't touch people, I want to wave at them. Right. I <laughs> waved at my parents today. It was pretty sad. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to hug. I want to hug you guys. But I thought uh, about that. Yeah, it's it's tough. But if people want to follow you, um, they can follow you on Twitter 
right? Um, Kupo. Yep. I'm, yes. I'm definitely active on Twitter. Some days yes. more than others, but I do get um, wellness checks from my friends and followers when I'm not tweeting up a storm. Um, and then I'm also, I'm like, is this sad or good? Like people know that I'm okay, I think. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at Miss Kupo, M-I-S-S-C-U-P-O. Yes. So. I'll put that up on the screen. So thank you for joining us and talking all things soccer and cooking and baking. And yes. And uh, we'll see you online and hopefully we can enjoy a cup of coffee together soon. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I will. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you thank guys. You. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. We are going to wrap up the show. Nice. Any final thoughts, Alan? I'm just still thinking about those cookies, man. Like to be real, to be real. Like, like damn, I got ingredients in in the kitchen ready to go. I don't know if I have toffee, but you know, There's... I might have to. I might have to make a, make a run and sacrifice myself to the to the to- toffee gods to to make those cookies happen. You might have to sacrifice to the Covidian toffee gods, right? Oh my god! Oh, no, so seriously. Good. There's like. We drew if if he's listening, he's gonna be like, "You guys are talking about food again. What the heck? I think we need to make like a sub show of like cooking. Well, I mean, Drew's like like skinny and like fit, and I'm definitely the opposite of that. So like I understand why he doesn't want to talk about food, but I mean, it's like my lifestyle these days is <laughs> podcasted food. I think maybe some video games. Now teaching is a thing that I do, apparently, allegedly. <laughs> You do um, teaching on the side, right? Like at this point, that's what it feels. Uh, <laughs> no, it was another good episode. Um, really engaging, really informative. Um, had a lot of good things to uh, hopefully have us think about. Uh, whether it's getting involved in your soccer community and just taking a leap of faith that you know you're going to find good people, um, or you know maintaining positive attitudes, um, and then. Um, brought a very a very unique perspective that I think that we uh, need to continue to amplify uh, with yeah. platforms that we have. Uh, so it was really nice to have her on. Yeah, that definitely, I mean, I, I think I said this the other night on a different podcast, like without this stoppage in play, like we really probably wouldn't be talking to these people. So we're really making those connections and like hearing stories that we may not have heard. Um, and that is right. my choice to like look at that part of what this current time is currently bringing out in every one of us like we're new talents and new things and new relationships and all that so that's all i have to say nice um where can we we get you where can we follow you chris online Oh, well, you can follow me at uh, Chef de Chris Bach. I'm just playing. Right. <laughs> I need to change your name now. <laughs> That's it. Well, you know, once I master it. Uh, now you can find me at by Chris Walker on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Instagram is going to have some uh, food creation shots pretty soon. So Nice. And what about you, Alan? Uh, A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Awesome. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at hashtag Marissa. And that's the same on Instagram as well. And if you're listening, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. 
as well as Twitter or follow us on Twitter. We are trying to drop new episodes every week and give you all the content that you can consume during this uncertain time. (laughs) We are out. Thank you. Peace. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.